In our study of 2 Timothy, we have built a strong case for guarding the gospel, primarily through uh, patient, persistent, prayerful, and purposeful discipleship. 2 Timothy 2.2 has been one of our guiding verses. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Be strong in the grace of Jesus. Be faithful to teach the truth and pass it on over and over again. The world will go on from bad to worse, Paul says, deceiving and being deceived. But, verse 14, 2 Timothy chapter 3, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. So we persist in our study of God's Word so that we can serve the truth that we know and trust. Don't jump ship. Don't leave it. Stay with the truth. Stick with the truth of Scripture. And the rest of this chapter gives us reasons why we should uh, hold fast to the truth that is in the gospel of God. We must continue in the word. We must persist in the word of God because these scriptures are Christ-centered scriptures. Verse 15, from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It was customary for Jewish parents to teach their children the law of God, the Torah, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and it was very common for Jewish children to commit huge chunks of the law of God to memory. So this was Timothy's heritage. Timothy had been acquainted with the sacred writings, the Old Testament scriptures, since he was a child. You may recall 2 Timothy chapter 1, how he learned the word of God from his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. They modeled for him this love of the scriptures. They modeled the faith for young Timothy as he grew up in the home, loving the scriptures because his grandmother loved the scripture and his mother loved the scriptures and they, they uh, shared their love of scripture with him. Timothy would later learn that these same scriptures testify about the coming Messiah who is Jesus and by the saving grace of God made evident to him in the gospel, Timothy later trusted Jesus as his own savior. And Paul exhorts him now to continue, to keep going with these sacred writings, to continue in the word of God. Why? Well, precisely because the scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. These are the Christ-centered scriptures. The scriptures that can lead us to a knowledge of the truth because they lead us to Jesus. The scripture has the power to bring its readers to faith in Christ according to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Where Peter says, you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. The only good news that we have to share with people is in the Christ-centered scriptures. In John 5.39, Jesus himself said, You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. 
All of Scripture points to Jesus as prophet, priest, and king. He is the focal point of the Scripture. And the Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation. And so we need to continue in the Word. Continue in what we've learned. Continue to hold fast to the Word of God. Furthermore, we need to continue in the God-breathed Scriptures. 2 Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is breathed out by God. And that's exactly what the Greek New Testament says. Pasa grafe theopneustos. All Scripture, pasa, all pasa, grafe, Scripture, theopneustos. God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed or breathed out by God. This is one of the most important verses in the New Testament on the inspiration of Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16. It's, it's a critical verse in the, in the whole argument, the position of the inspiration of Scripture. When I first went to Bible college, way back in 1977, there was a battle raging for the Bible, and I didn't even know it. In some quarters of the Christian church, scholars were arguing that the Bible contains the words of God, but no one could really tell you which of those words were the words of God and which words were not. In other quarters of the Christian church, academics were telling us that the Bible, the Bible becomes the Word of God when you experience it personally existentially for yourself so whatever you feel at the moment is the word of God when you're reading the Bible well then that part of it the Bible becomes the word of God to you it becomes your truth uh, it may be the word of God one day because you are feeling it but the next day it may not be the word of God because you're not feeling it well what a bunch of baloney that's just nonsense Paul says all Scripture is breathed out by God, whether you believe it or not, whether you feel it or not, it still is the inspired Word of God. The Bible is the inspired, breathed out Word of God. And we believe that at the Gathering Church. We believe that. The, the Scripture is, is inspired and it's infallible, it's inerrant. And many churches, many Christian institutions would agree with that. For example, the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago has this statement posted on their website for everyone to see. The words of Scripture are God-breathed or inspired. This implies that God is the source or origin of what is recorded in Scripture. God, through the Holy Spirit, used human authors to write what He revealed in the Bible. They were not mere copyists or transcribers, the Holy Spirit guided and controlled the writers of Scripture who used their own vocabularies and styles but wrote only what the Holy Spirit intended. So our church would agree with that. I hope you do too. Paul affirms the total inspiration of Scripture saying that all Scripture, not some Scripture or most Scripture, but all Scripture is breathed out by God. So this means, among other things, that, that we cannot pick and choose what parts of the Bible we're going to like, which commands we wish to obey, which doctrines we're going to teach, and which ones we're not. All of it, 
All of Scripture is inspired by the Spirit of God, and therefore all of Scripture is good and right and true. Back in June of 1992, two guys by the name of Jim Davidson and Mike Price decided that they were going to climb Mount Rainier in the state of Washington. And on the way down from the summit, the, the two men, the two climbers, fell 80 feet through a snow bridge into a deep, uh, pitch-black, icy crevasse in the glacier that covered Mount Rainier. Mike Price died in the fall. Sometime later, Jim Davidson wrote a book titled The Ledge, and in that he tells the story of his miraculous survival and, and courageous climb out of the crevasse. And throughout the book, uh, Jim reflects back on uh, the relationship that he had with his father. Uh, as early as Jim can remember, his dad had shown what some considered to be a reckless confidence in Jim. Jim said his dad believed that he could do anything, become anything, go anywhere, do anything, and as long as he pressed through adversity and just kept going. So as Jim stood there on this ledge, bloodied and bruised with his dead companion beside him, he, he, he said he could hear the voice of his father. Uh, the years of inspiration that Jim's dad had invested into him uh, flooded back in his mind at that moment and, and washed over him with encouragement. With minimal gear and no experience climbing at that level, Jim spent the next five hours trying to climb out of that uh, icy pitch black crevasse with crumbling snow and ice threatening his life. Throughout that five-hour ordeal, Jim kept hearing the words of his dad. Thanks to his father's inspiration, Jim climbed out of that icy gorge to safety. You know from our reading of 2 Timothy that Paul says the Bible, uh, in the Bible that these, these last days will be days of great difficulty. Uh, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, and so on. They will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the, the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Friends, the only way that you and I are going to survive in a world like this is by listening to the inspired, God-breathed words of our Heavenly Father. The only way we're going to make it is to listen to the Scripture. All Scripture is breathed out by God, and His words are the only words that will guide us to safety. So continue in the Christ-centered Scriptures. Continue in the God-breathed Scriptures. And finally, continue in the totally sufficient Scriptures. We look now at verses 16 and 17. The Bible is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So Paul has already told us that the Bible is able to make us wise for salvation. That's verse 15. But now he adds that it's profitable also for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The Bible shapes our beliefs as well as our lifestyle. It it relates to both doctrine and, 
and conduct, it's totally sufficient to shape us into the image of Christ Jesus whom we follow. So why wouldn't you want to read the Bible and study the Bible, eh? The God's Word meets our deepest needs. It, it transforms us from the inside out. It, 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 it transforms our minds. We need God's Word now more than we need our own breath. So why wouldn't you take time to read and study the Word of God every day? The Bible teaches us doctrine. It rebukes ungodly behavior. It corrects us when we stray from the narrow path. It, it trains us in righteous living. This is why we say the Bible is sufficient. We talk about the sufficiency of Scripture. Because the Bible is enough. So why not start a Bible reading plan of your own? Get into the Word. Study the Word. It's sufficient. Totally sufficient. The Bible contains all the words that you will ever need uh, to become a Christian, to live as a Christian, and to grow as a Christian. The Holy Scriptures are totally sufficient. So why not saturate your heart and your mind in the Scriptures every day? The Holy Spirit can take the words of Scripture and make us into the people that God wants us to be. Several days ago, a police officer in Fremont, California, was involved in a high-speed chase. At one point in the chase of the perpetrator, his patrol car was doing 195 kilometers an hour. Suddenly, he saw a warning light on the dashboard of his car, and apparently he was losing battery power. Yes, he was driving the department's Tesla S model battery-powered vehicle. And so the police officer had to radio the dispatcher and tell him that he couldn't continue the chase because he was running out of battery power. Apparently, the car batteries had not been recharged after the previous shift, the last shift that it was used, and now the battery level was lower than it should have been. Folks, are you recharging your batteries on a regular basis? After each shift, after each day, are you recharging your spiritual bat batteries by, by plugging into the power of the Word of God? We need that. Remember, Paul has encouraged us to study the Word so that we can correctly handle the Word of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best, do your very best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. We could go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." I could take you also to Psalm 119 and verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, O Lord, and a light to my path. There are so many verses in Scripture that speak to us of the necessity, the importance of spending time alone with God, reading God's word and hiding God's word in our heart so that it's there in moments of crisis or tragedy or difficulty, times of temptation. The word of God will be in our hearts when we need it the most. Every year, about four dozen athletes gather in Minnesota for a 40-mile ultramarathon. Runners spend good money to embark on this 40-mile journey at night 
in January in Minnesota while pulling a sled packed with more than 30 pounds of supplies. In this environment, they say, you can literally die from standing still too long. Many of the runners never finish the race, and I guess that's no surprise. Most of them drop out at mile marker 24, which is also called checkpoint 24. At checkpoint 24, all the runners must stop, set up their bivy sack, which is a body-shaped tent that envelops their sleeping bag, climb into the makeshift bed, stay there for at least 30 seconds, then pack it all up before leaving. Now that may sound like the easiest part of the race, but you are... You are doing this in sub-zero weather, covered in sweat. Coming out of that warm, dry sleeping bag, the temptation to quit is so strong. And the most dangerous thing a runner can do in a race like this is to stop. Take a break like that. The most dangerous thing is to stop. My friends, the most dangerous thing for a Christian to do is to stop reading the Bible. Stop listening to the Bible being taught or preached. The the most dangerous thing that you can do in this race that has been marked out for us is to stop. Stop reading the Bible. Stop believing the Bible. Stop hearing the Bible. Stop obeying the Bible. Friends, the Scriptures are Christ-centered, God-breathed, and totally sufficient for you. You need the Scriptures. So allow the Bible to light your path and, and show you the way. Abide in the Word, and the Word will abide in you. Abide in the Word, and the Word will abide in you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for giving us your inspired Word. These Christ-centered, God-breathed, totally sufficient Scriptures are exactly what we need every single day so that we can find the way that is pleasing to you. Lord, they are what we need as we guard the gospel and fight for joy in the midst of the battle. O God, send your Holy Spirit daily to make the the Word of God come alive in our hearts. We count on this one thing, that the same God that never fails will not fail us now. We need the wisdom and guidance that comes from the Word of God, and we're trusting you for that today in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.